Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the book of Matthew. Today is episode 760. We're looking at Matthew chapter 11, verses 16 through 19. Let's read the passage. To what should I compare this generation? It's like children sitting in the marketplaces who call out to other children. We played the flute for you, but you didn't dance. We sang a lament, but you didn't mourn. For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say, he has a demon. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, look, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Yet wisdom is vindicated by her deeds. This is the Gospel according to Matthew. Matthew's writing this Gospel, this account of the ministry of Jesus, to convince people that Jesus is the promised Messiah. Jesus is the fulfillment of the Old Testament. He's presenting the teaching, preaching, and healing ministry of Jesus. We've seen a couple of instances of teaching with these discourses, these extended teaching segments. The first one was the Sermon on the Mount, the Discourse on Discipleship. The second one was the Discourse on Mission. That's where he was preparing his disciples to go out to the various towns in Galilee to take the mission of Jesus there. We're in a section now in chapters 11 and 12 where we're seeing various responses to Jesus. And we're finishing up the section dealing with John the Baptist. John the Baptist was imprisoned, and he has now sent his disciples to Jesus to ask, Are you the one? Apparently John's having some doubts. It it doesn't seem that Jesus is acting like John thinks the Messiah should be acting. And Jesus sends the disciples back with the message to tell them what you see and what you hear. That people are healed and the dead are raised. Then Jesus speaks to the crowds and has some words about John the Baptist. Say, oh, what did you expect to see when you went out to see him in the wilderness? And he basically proclaims that John the Baptist is the greatest of all prophets. But up until this point, he's the greatest one who's ever lived, actually. But says that anyone who's part of the kingdom of heaven is even greater than him. Now he's talking about the current generation. He says in verse 16, To what should I compare this generation? Well, he just talked about the general response to the kingdom of heaven back in verse 12. Last time we saw, From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has been suffering violence and the violent have been seizing it by force. We're talking about opposition to the kingdom of heaven, opposition to Jesus, opposition to the message of Jesus. And so I think that's what he's referring to this current generation. Does he mean every single person who's alive? No, he's not talking about his followers. He's not even talking about those who are interested. He's talking about the population at large. Because generally, the generation is rejecting Jesus and his message. So what should I compare this generation? It's like children sitting in the marketplace who call out to other children. We played the flute for you, but you didn't dance. We sang a lament, but you didn't mourn. Well, he's making a comparison here. And you could call this a parable because generally Jesus begins his parables with it's like. It's not called a parable here, but it's essentially that's what it is, a parable. And so he's telling this story to make a point. And he compares the generation to this group of children. Children sitting in the marketplace. 
They're not selling stuff. They're playing. The marketplace isn't open all the time. And when the market is not actively in progress, it's a playground for the children. So you have children playing in the marketplace. And it seems they're playing two different games. One is they're playing wedding. That's what children do. They play the sort of things that they see their parents do. And so one group of children wants to play wedding. And at a wedding, the men dance. And so they're either playing actual flutes or they're just making little noises with their lips and whistling tunes or something like that. And some of them are dancing. But not everyone. And so they're upset that the other group of children doesn't want to play wedding. They don't want to dance. The other group of children seems they want to play funeral. And so they're doing what they see grown-ups do at a funeral, where you have the professional mourners. And they wail and beat their chests and, and cry. And so you've got children doing that, singing lament. But the other group of children doesn't want to do that. So you have these two groups of children, each criticizing the other because they don't want to do the game that they have chosen. Now, some would like to say, okay, it's the men who dance at a wedding and it's women who mourn at a funeral. And so maybe it's the boys and girls teasing each other. It doesn't matter. Jesus is just using them as a teaching device. You got these two groups of children playing opposite games. One's a happy game, one's a sad game. One's playing wedding, one's playing funeral. But the other group won't play, and they're complaining about it. Now he talks about John the Baptist and himself. Verse 18, For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say he has a demon. Well, John went without eating or drinking? No, no. John did not drink wine, and John did not eat party food. John had a very minimalist lifestyle. He was what we call ascetic, living very much in denial of basic needs. He drank nothing but water, he didn't drink wine, and he ate wild honey and locusts. It's the kind of stuff he ate. So he didn't go to dinner parties and eat fancy food. John didn't do that sort of stuff, and he was criticized because of it. In fact, we don't see it anywhere in the gospel. People say he has a demon, but here Jesus said, people said he's got a demon. He's a crazy man. There's something wrong with him, the way he lives out in the wilderness like that, the way he acts. But then he compares it to what people say about himself. Verse 19, the son of man came eating and drinking. And they say, look, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. So Jesus came drinking wine. Jesus came and attended dinner parties. In fact, we saw Jesus attend the dinner party that Matthew threw, eating nice food. Now, Jesus didn't always have nice food. Often he lived a very itinerant lifestyle and did without. But when there was a dinner party and he was invited, he and his disciples went and enjoyed themselves. So, he says, they were criticized over this. People are saying he's a glutton and a drunkard. Not only that, he's a friend of tax collectors and sinners criticized for who he hangs out with. So, John didn't do any of that. You criticized him. Jesus does do that. You criticize him. And then he ends it with, yet wisdom is vindicated by her deeds. 
There's some debate over exactly how to interpret that, what that means. I think best to understand that he's essentially saying that both John and Jesus did the right thing because they were both wise men following God's leading. Was it that one was right and one was wrong? They were both right. They both did what they were called to do. They both lived correctly. And wisdom is personified in areas like Proverbs. It's all about how to live correctly. And perhaps that's the, the idea carried forward here. Wisdom is vindicated by its deeds. It might even go back to verse 2 of chapter 11, where John the Baptist was concerned about Jesus and his deeds. Hard to say, but I think basically it just means both of the men are right in how they have lived, even though both are criticized. But his point here is the current generation. It's like this group of children arguing with each other because they're not doing it right. And so you have a group criticizing Jesus, a group criticizing John the Baptist, and some criticizing both of them. They're not doing it right. Yet both are doing exactly what God had instructed them to do. Both are living faithfully, carrying out the mission to which they've been assigned. So this finishes up the section on John the Baptist. And in it, it begins with John's assessment of Jesus. He's got doubt. Then Jesus sends the disciples back to John and turns to the crowd and basically kind of reads their assessment of John. What do you expect to see? Then Jesus gives his assessment of John. Well, let me tell you about John. John is the greatest of all prophets. Then Jesus gives this assessment of the population at large. They're like children criticizing things that they don't understand and don't like. Yet, through it all, both Jesus and John are faithful in what they've done. For this section, where we're seeing various responses to Jesus. We've seen the response of John the Baptist. We continue to see some other responses to Jesus in his ministry. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through Matthew.